in the morning, in the evening, every day, he is good. And it just keeps getting better and better. Amen? Amen. You'll notice there's, there's some banners over here. Um, I'm thankful I, I didn't get to talk much about it, but I'm thankful you know, that we are part of a great organization called the Church of God. There's, there's uh, close to 13 million worshipers in some Church of God today around the world. Isn't that amazing? Almost 8 million members and just an amazing um, vision. And, and, and I'm thankful to be a part of a, a good biblical-based, theologically-based organization who, who believes God, who believes in the Word of God, who sticks with the Word of God. And we have um, a great, a wonderful overseer who has, who's been serving um, Dr. Tim Hill and many of you have heard him preach. I think he preached at um, a men's conference just a couple weeks ago. And man, he is a dynamic preacher, a dynamic singer. And more than, more than all of that, you know, he, he really has a passion for the body of Christ. Uh, he'll preach at General Assembly with 20,000 plus and then come to Maryville, Tennessee and preach to a church of less than 100 because he's not prideful, he's not arrogant, he just loves the body of Christ. And he, he laid out a vision uh, in 2016 for the Church of God, and, and we, uh, he has two more years as our overseer, but he, we re, um, refocused ourselves on, as a church on mission. How many know we are a church on a mission, right? We're a church on mission, amen. And so he, <clears throat> we, we kind of refocused ourselves and if you look at each of those first letters, uh, it, it spells finish, find, intercede, network, um, invest, send, and harvest, finish. You know, living in Honduras, they do things a little different. You know, here we, we don't start a project until we know what the cost will be, until we know that we can actually complete the cost. We don't start something unless we can finish it, right? I mean, Luke chapter 14, 28 through 30 says, for which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost whether he, is in, whether he has enough to finish it, lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying this man began to build and was not able to finish. Now, in Honduras, it's not a bad thing not to finish something. They just try to invest as they have the money to invest. So you might see a foundation for a couple of years. <laughs> or you might see a foundation with some walls that, that are erected with, with uh, some tubing in those walls to later go back and put wiring in. And, and it's, so it's a common practice to start something with the idea of finishing. Now, I will say that there are projects that have been started that have never been finished. And that's uh, frustrating because you know the money that is tied up in the investment of the unfinished product and you think, man, if, if they would finish that, what a great blessing it would be. Or if they wasn't planning on finishing it, 
that investment would have been so much more valuable somewhere else, right? Right? So it's important to finish. And, and I believe that the God has called us not just, to, not just to ride out the storm. God's not called us just to sit in the boat. God's not called us just to, just to walk on this earth casually allowing the things of this world to pass us by. But he's called us to finish what he started. Amen? He's called us to do something. Right? Even John chapter 4, 34, Jesus said to them, my food, right, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Say finish. Finish. God wants us to finish. God wants us to be active. Acts chapter 20, verse 24 says, but none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I might finish my race with joy and the ministry which I have received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Wow. I mean, nor do I count my life dear to myself. I mean, there's a whole lot of people who count themselves uh, very valuable. <laughs> In other words, they're too busy looking at what comforts me, what entertains me, what makes me happy, and all alone, that is the priority other than really focusing in on the will of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm so glad Jesus didn't feel like he had to be comforted so that he could fulfill the work so that me and you can have a relationship with the Father, amen? I mean, he declared, even as the king of kings and lord of lords walking this earth, that foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the son of man doesn't even have a place to lay his head. He wasn't worried about self-preservation. He wasn't worried about self-comfort. He was worried about, are you and I saved? Do you and I have an experience? Do you and I have a way? He became the way where there was no way. He became the hope when there was hopelessness so that you and I could experience the love of God. Amen? I, when it talks about so that I may finish my race, you know, last week I had my oldest son here, Wesley, and uh, he came in and very spry and looking handsome and debonair, kind of like his daddy. I mean, it was great. <laughs> but what shocked me is the fact that he got up that morning at 5.30 and left the house, and he took a run, and he ran from the library, and he ran all the way down to Alcoa School, and he looked at his little meter, and that was not enough. And he ran down to the airport, looked at his meter, and that wasn't halfway yet. And he kept on running. He ran almost, he ran over 15 miles last Sunday morning, and, and then showed up at church like nothing had happened. I run across the stage and I've got the oxygen mask saying, it's good to be here. Right? <laughs> but when we understand that Hebrews chapter 12 and 1 tells us there's a great cloud of witnesses. They're cheering us on. 
They're looking at us, wanting us to run a race, wanting us to realize that there are things that will encumber us, there are things that will entangle us, and, and wants us to run a race that is worthy of the king. Even when we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and 24, it says everyone will run the race. Run the race with the desire, with the ability, with the understanding that we run to win. Too many times we're running just to get by. We're running just to mediocrely cross the line if I could just make it to the line. But God's never called us to just make it. God's called us to a vision of excellence. He's called us to a vision of seeking his face. He's called us to a vision of empowerment of the Holy Spirit. If we are just making it, are we led by the Holy Spirit? Are we empowered by the Holy Spirit? Or are we depending on ourselves to make it? And I'm here to tell you, if you're depending on you to make it, you will just barely, if you will make it. Amen. Romans chapter 9, 28. For he will finish the work and cut it short in righteousness because the Lord will make a short work on the earth. Another version of that says the Lord will carry out his sentence on the earth with speed and finality. The Lord's going to do his work. The Lord will finish his work. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess, right? It will happen. It will be a finality. There will be an ending, and there is an end game to this thing. And are we ready? Are we prepared? Are we getting others ready? Because if we are committed to finding and interceding and networking and investing and sending in the harvest, are we willing to do those things to see the kingdom of God advance? Are we willing to see it through? Are we too worried about what everybody else is doing? Are we too concerned about the other boats that are uh, around us? The reality is, is that We've got to call all the boats together because the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. The fields are wide unto harvest. But are we ready? Are we willing to commit ourselves to the challenging of finishing the course? 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 6. So we urge Titus that, that as he had previously made a beginning, as he had already started, so he would also complete in you this gracious work as well. Galatians 3 and 3, are you so foolish after beginning by means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? God, help us. We can talk about old days of revival. We can talk about past moves of God and how he intervened and interrupted and, and moved in such powerful ways around the world. But are we willing to let him move in us today? Amen. Are we willing to allow God to upset our agenda so that we will be surrendered to him and allow him to do his work in us? Are we so caught up in our daily activities and we got to do this and we got to do that that we, when God says, I need you to stop here or I need you to pause for a moment, I need you to be still and know that I am God. Are we willing to be still and allow God to reveal himself to us because God has a latter day revelation that he wants us to grasp a hold of and there's people who need to hear the word of God and we are the vessels of the word of God because greater is he that is in us. The word is in us. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. We're the, we're the bearers of Christ Jesus. We're bearers of the marks of him. Amen. 
2 Corinthians chapter 8, continuing with the story that as they were talking of Titus, he said, but now you also must complete the doing of it. In other words, you've got to finish it. Listen to this. That as there was a readiness to desire it, so there also may be a completion out of what you have. I see oftentimes there's a desire for it. I'm preaching to me too this morning, all right? There's often a desire. We hear it. Oh, I want revival. Oh, I want a move of God. Oh, I want the anointing of God to flow through this place. There's a readiness of desire. But that desire is not met with the action of seeing it through. You know, I, um, I confess to my leaders, and, and as you can tell, I'm an open book. <laughs> not too much to hide. I'm, I'm a visionary person. When I was in Honduras, I mean, people thought I was crazy because we're going to start a school. And nine months later, we had a school with 11 grades with 280 students to start out with. They said, you're crazy. That's not the way you do things. I'm a visionary. But sometimes I struggle with the execution of the vision. I'm not a lone ranger. I'm a visionary, but not a lone ranger. If I don't have the proper support and encouragement to see the vision through, I sometimes get discouraged and I let go. And I believe that that is common in the body of Christ. We see the vision that God's laid out for us. We even have a map of how it should be done. But we have an execution problem. We have an, an inability to see it fulfilled. I'm preaching, okay? We want it, but the sacrifices that have to be made. Oh, that's that dirty word. The sacrifices that have to be made to experience the holiness and righteousness of God are hard for us to subject our flesh to. We like the comfort. If I told you that next Sunday we're going to pull the carpet up, we're going to put some wood benches in here, we're just going to throw sawdust in here, we're going to turn the air off because who needs that? Right? Right? There wouldn't be many of you here next week. Because we like the comforts. Believe me, I get it every week. Well, it's too cold, or it's too hot, it's too this and it's too that. The music's too loud, it's too soft. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And the way it goes, because everybody has a different opinion. Opinions are like, Noses, everybody has one. They're like ears, everybody has two or three, two. God help us 
to get so caught up in the desire to know you more that everything else becomes just a wind that blows and that doesn't affect us. Let us have such a passion to see God move that we come with a heart expecting to see him move, come with a mindset that I'm not here just to be blessed by a song. I'm not here to just hear a word. I'm here to come and lift up the name of Jesus because I'm a worshiper and God's called me to worship. I have come to lift his name up no matter what else everybody else does because I need Jesus and everybody else does, but I'm not here for everybody else. I'm here for me. I'm here because I need Jesus. I'm here because I need to lift his name up. I'm here because the Bible tells me if I lift him up, he will draw all mankind to me. If everybody had the same mentality, we come in in one mind, in one accord, that we will lift up the name of Jesus no matter what everybody else do. It just might be the love of God. God, who is love, shows up and shows out and his power and presence pours out on everybody else. We're too busy waiting for the pom-poms to come out. Somebody got cheer me, lead, cheerlead me into Jesus. Did I? <laughs> you better get back to your notes, Paul Dyer. God, help us to have a mindset that we are willing to surrender the comforts of what we think things should be to allow him to do what only he knows he can do. God wants us to have this finished commitment. He wants us to find the lost. He wants us to intercede. He wants us to be willing to network. What's that mean? It means that we're not the only church going to heaven. And we've got to be willing to network with other churches Thank God for the Awake 21 movement that we are a part of and that we can join with, uh, I think, around 40 churches now to have revival together. It's a blessing. We need to invest. We need to understand that we're not just giving to give. We're investing into the kingdom. And there's a, there's a plan that God has, and we're just the instruments in God's plan. We need to learn to send. We need, in other words, that means we need to go. We've got to be willing to step out of the boundaries of our comfort zone and reach the lost and touch lives that are outside these four walls so that they can experience the same uh, comfort and freedom and power of anointing of God that we can also experience right here. Come on. We need to realize there's a harvest to reach. and We're part of that harvest plan. It can, it can happen. Somebody says, man, don't you see the world's raising up? But I believe that there's a move of God that is greater than the idolatry that is going on around this world. There's something that God is stirring. I love hearing the stories of the men's conference and the women's conference and the youth retreats and youth camps. But I believe it's not limited to those places. I believe God wants to do something right here. Amen? And I believe he's going to do something right here. 
How do I know that God wants to finish his work? Because it's the will of God. We understand that it's, he says, it's not my will for any to perish, but to all to come to repentance. It's God's will. God wants to see people saved. He wants to see people touched. Because there's a global move of God, and, and I know that God is moving. There's, we're seeing miracles all around the world. And the same God who is anointing and appointing around the world is the same God who wants to do it right here. If he can do it there, somebody said, when you, boy, I just love going on the mission field because you just see such great miracles. And all that stuff. Well, it can happen here. God didn't just show up over there. He's right here. And the same God who healed the sick and raised the dead, the same God who opened the blinded eyes, the same God who we serve right here in this place this morning, and he's still at work. He's still fulfilling his plan. He's still showing up and showing out. It's just a matter of we willing to surrender ourselves to him and let him do his work. Amen? Y'all still love me? The great thing is the reason I know it can be done because there's a great mission there's a great mission field that is now becoming the mission force. I had the privilege of serving as an overseer in Honduras. And, and what was amazing is, is that in Honduras, the Honduran people who we consider a third world country, Honduras sent 70 missionaries funded by Honduras around the world. They were sending missionaries into Spain. They were sending missionaries into Africa. They were sending in Senegal. They were sending missionaries all over the world. Because when the mission field becomes the mission force, we can see the hand of God moving. And what you've invested in in missions is now investing in other nations. And God is going to fulfill his work. It will happen. Amen. Another reality is, is that we see a great move of of revival amongst the teens. We don't, let me tell you something. If you're just looking for the media to tell you if the teens are good or bad, then they're all bad. But there's a vibrant move of God amongst young people that are stirring. They're unsatisfied with the status quo. They, they're not ignorant to the craziness that's going around them, the wokeness that they're sensing. And, and there's a move of God in our young people, and we need to stand behind them, pray for them, be willing to disciple and encourage, let them know that we're here for them. They're not cast out or thrown to the side, but we are a part of the kingdom of God together. They might be 12, but I'm here to tell you, there's some 12 years old that are more anointed and more willing to stand for God than some 50, 70, and 80 year olds we need to let them know we love you and you're a part of the kingdom of God and you can stand in this church you and we will support you Woo, Lord help us somebody roll back the clock can we have a little prayer service for clock rolling back amen something that uh, something that I see in Matthew chapter 27, helps me realize kind of a scenario that I believe that we need to grab a hold of. And it's, it's Matthew chapter 27. I'm going to start with verse 58. It says, and he went to Pilate. This is Joseph of Arimathea. He went to Pilate and begged the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body to be delivered and, and when Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth, and he laid it in his own tomb. 
which he had hewn out of the rock. He, he rolled a great stone to the door of the sepulcher and departed. Another version says, this is verse 57, says, and, and as the evening approached, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph who had himself become a disciple of Jesus. Going to Pilate, he asked for the body of Jesus, and Pilate ordered it to be given to him. And Joseph took the body, wrapped it in a clean linen cloth, and placed it in his own new tomb that he had cut out of the rock and rolled a big stone in front of the entrance of the tomb. And he went away. Joseph of Arimathea is a model for us. Because here he, he was a rich man, a man of affluence in his society. And for him to step into this role, to go and the Bible says he begged the body, he asked for the body. When, to go and do that was already putting a mark on his life. It's already causing them to speculate and persecute or to ridicule and scrutinize this guy. Who is he and what is he doing and why is he doing it? I mean, literally, he was jeopardizing his, his status. Too many of us are so concerned about our status. Mm. We're more concerned with our status in the world that we're unwilling to declare who we are. We're too, we don't want anybody. I mean, look, it used to be that Man, don't tell anybody you're Pentecostal. They'll think you're one of them, right? And, and sadly, we've, we've, we've watered down Pentecost so much that we don't, we don't worship like we used to worship. We don't, we don't experience the same things that we used to experience because we have gotten mature in our faith, if that's what you want to call that. But Joseph didn't care of his status. He didn't care of his wealth. He understood that the Bible says that he had become a disciple of Jesus and disciples aren't scared or don't worry about what everybody else thinks about them. Disciples are going to do what Jesus commands them to do. They're going to want to be a part. A disciple wants to be a part of the body. Ooh, that preach. A true disciple won't deny the body. A true disciple wants to be in the body. It wants to be a part of the body. wants to be active in the body. Amen? I'm trying to hurry. Somebody go ahead and start playing, and, and, and I'll finish in about a few minutes. <clears throat> but the thing is, is that we want to be a part of the body when it's convenient to us. We want to be a part of the body when, well, I need some prayer, so I better go to church. We want to be a part of the body when we are in need or when we want something, but when, when we are wanting to please ourselves, it's as if we remove ourselves from the scenario of the body of Christ, and we don't want anybody else to know who we are or what we do or where we've been. But we need to be a light no matter where we are. We've got to lift up the name of Jesus no matter where we are. Amen? 
And so therefore, if you're ashamed of your life, then you better look introspectively. Are you wanting to be a part of the body of Christ or not? Because if you're part of the body of Christ, you are willing to say, I want to be scrutinized. I want to be sifted. I want God to look inside of me and to, and to clean me up. I'm willing to let the body speak to me and encourage me. Too many times we're, we, we have people walking around, I've just been church hurt. Why? Because that church held me accountable. Huh? If you're living a life that is not appropriate to God and somebody calls you out on it, it's not church hurt, honey. It's because somebody loves you enough to say, look, you need to wake up because what you're doing is not appropriate. If you want to walk in Jesus, live in Jesus, be a part of the body of Christ, and be willing to accept the responsibility. If you want to be anointed, then you better let somebody speak into you. Ooh, y'all better, I'm telling you, I better play something. God, help us. We've got to be willing to be a part of the body even in his death. I mean, here's Joseph, Joseph of Arimathea. He wants the body. It's dead, Joseph. Oh, but he's a disciple. <laughs> he knows something's going to happen. Paul understood that. Galatians chapter 2 and 20, right? I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me, right? And the life that I now live, I live because of him. <laughs> Amen? You're willing to surrender say, God, I want to be a part of the body, even if it means I've got to be affiliated with your death. Even if it means I've got to let something die in me. Even if it means I've got to let go of something that I've been holding on to because, God, you're more important to me than everything else in this world has to offer. Because when I lay in that casket, there's not a thing that I'm going to be able to take with me from this world. The Bible says that he begged the body. Look, guys, that, that word beg means to desire, to desire. It means to crave. It means to require. I'm, I'm, I, and I realize, and I'm not saying this in any condemning fashion by any means, I realize there are some with health issues that are unable to make it. I get that. That's where we should come in. That's where we should connect. That's where we should be able to go out and love and encourage and make sure that those who are unable to be here are still connected. But if we are a disciple of God, if we are to beg the body, there should be such a desire to be a part of God's kingdom plan. There should be such a desire that we want to be around. Look, let me tell you something. I love this service, but you know one of my favorite services? Monday night. We, we come without pomp and circumstance. We come in sliding in by the seat of our pants because we've got such a busy time that day. But to enter in to worship to come in with no expectation of anybody 
having to feel like they got to be somebody they're not. Just come in and here I am. I'm Paul Dyer. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I've been set free from these things. And this is what I'm still struggling with. And I'm thankful to be a part of the body who loves me enough to hold my hand through it, to pick me up on this journey and walk together with me. Tomorrow night we got Charlie Lambert. Let me know Charlie Lambert. We're going to have a good old southern gospel worship time tomorrow. It's going to be good. Love it. Love it. But here's something he did. Joseph of Arimathea. It says this. It says, Joseph took the body and he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth. Look, I hope you hear my heart. Joseph was willing to cover the brokenness of the body of Christ. He was willing to see the body and look, it wasn't like it was some beautifully arranged corpse. This was the body that had been spit on. This is the body that had been pierced and blood and water ran from its side. This is the body whose literally head was swollen because a thorn of crowns had been beat on his head. This was the body that that they literally plucked out his beard. You think that's pretty? Oh no. But Joseph, begging, wanting, desiring to be a part of the body of Christ, was willing to take the body as it is and cover it. Too many times we're looking at everybody, well, I can't believe they did this, or I can't. Look, Noah's son was more enthused with exposing the sin of his father rather than covering the shame of his father. And if we're going to be the body of Christ, we need to recognize that we are all on the same team. We're all a part of the kingdom plan. And guess what? We're not all going to get it right. There's going to be days when we fail. There's going to be times when we struggle. There's going to be moments when we absolutely crash and burn. We can kick them while they're down. We can cast them out. Or we can be a Joseph of Arimathea. This is a child of God. And though they have failed, we will love them. We will embrace them. The Bible says love covers a multitude of sin. When we love, when we embrace, we help them to overcome the shame and the guilt and the pain of, of what they've done and who they've been. And we say, you're better than that because we know a miracle working God who can change your life. We've been in the depths We've been broken. We've made mistakes. We've been an addict. We've, we've struggled. And just like somebody came along and loved us enough to say you are valuable in the eyes of God, I'm here to tell you that you too are valuable and God loves you. We're not here to cast you away. We're not here to throw you to the side. But we're here to pick you up and walk alongside you on this journey because we know that God is able to do the miraculous God, help us. 
take hold of the vision to finish what God has started. Because you have the equipment, you have the tools, and He wants to empower you to be the voice, the hands, the feet, so that He can transform and finish His work. I'm closing. There was a little, this past weekend, the women went on this powerful experience with God. But I was impressed with, we had eight ladies stay in our house. Can you imagine that? They came from Middle Tennessee. But there was one young lady who didn't go to church with them. One young lady who, who just happened to be a co-worker of one of the people. And they see this they see this coworker every day and how she's on this journey and she's loving Jesus and she's so real because she's, she shares when she's down and she shares when she's up. She's she just real. And so she, so the coworker asked, hey, would you go to this conference with me? And she, she went. Friday night, guess what? She got saved. <laughs> Amen. And then, and then, Saturday, man, God just was touching her and moving in her, and and there, there, I don't know. A lady came over and got Kim. Said, "Hey, I don't think this is of God." This girl started manifesting something. I mean, know the closer you get to God, everything gets to start working up and has to get out, right? So not only did this girl get saved, she got delivered. They, they texted me last night, and if I'd have got the text soon enough, she'd have got baptized last night in my pool. But I didn't get the text till. 1230 this morning and I was already <laughs> you can make the difference in a co-worker you can make the difference in a family member they're just needing somebody to, they're, they're, they're wanting to be found they're just waiting for somebody to invite them they're just waiting for somebody to say, yes, I'll go with you. They're looking at you. We're too busy imitating the world. Don't judge me. And yet they're already looking at you. They're already identifying your fruit. They're already seeing, man, that's, that's, a, that's a man and woman of God. They already see it. Why not be the evangelist? And go ahead and invite them to be a part of God's plan. Go ahead and invite them. Look, God's raising up an army. <laughs> See that he's doing a new work. 
He's already initiating something fresh and something new, but are we willing to get alongside of him? Are we willing to grab a hold of what he's doing? Are we willing to say, yes, God, I'll join you. I will follow you. I'll lay aside the weights that have held me back. I'm willing to not let fear keep me from doing what you've called me to do. I'm willing. I'm ready. Man, this kid in my house is driving me crazy. And I'm thankful for it. I can't go in 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 one room of my house without praise and worship just permeating the house. I go in and I feel like, whoa, man, I feel the glory in this room. There's some prayer going on in here. Come on. Thank you. It's time for us all to commit ourselves to finish the race. Let's run it to win. Don't half-heartedly run this race. Let's run it to win. Let's run it with all of our heart. Let's see the next generation pass us. Come on, don't be afraid. Let's see the next generation pass us. Let's see the next generation who's, who's excited, who has the potential. Let's empower them. Let's let God move. If you want to say, Pastor, I'm ready to join this commitment. I'm ready to finish this race. Stand where you are. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to be a disciple. I'm ready to disciple others. I'm ready. I'm ready. Amen. I'm going to ask you, I don't know because all of us are standing. That's great. But you know what? 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and 11 said, you have a desire. There's got to be more than just a desire. There has to be an action behind a desire. Come on. What I want you to do is say, I not only desire this, but I want to see it through. If you say, I'm willing to see it through, I want you to come forward. And I want us to pray together. Listen, we don't, we, we don't have time to play games. I was in the hospital this past week, and I want you to pray with me for Reese Thomas. His son, Michael Thomas, and some of you went to church with him years ago. Michael Thomas has been given a report that barring a miracle, he's not going to make it. He's 45 years old. His liver is shut down. His kidneys are already shut down. Don't look good. We have to get the boldness to look at somebody and say, do you know Jesus as your Savior? We can't patty cake any longer. We can't play games. We've got to be willing to look and love somebody enough to say, I love you so much that I can't leave this room without knowing that you know Jesus as your Savior. I'm thankful that that he was able to tell me that his heart is where it needs to be. We need to pray for that family. I'm 
thankful this morning that that Janice Walker, her brother, passed away this morning. But she told me, she says, we have a great relationship because we got saved on the same night. Look, I don't know who, who you have the influence over. I don't know who you speak with. I don't know your sphere that you have every day. But I do know this. Everybody needs Jesus. Everybody needs to experience the love of God. And you are the vessel that carries the love. You are the vessel that's empowered by the word of God. The Logos is in you. And that mouth has to speak forth the truths of God so that others can experience what you have. Are you free? Amen. Amen. Then let's help others get free. Let's break the bonds of slavery to sin and see them truly abounding in the presence and power of God. Let's see them experience the love of God. Amen. Amen. We're committing. You came forward. You're committing. Let's do this. Father, God, we commit ourselves to the challenge of finishing the race. Lord, we are here standing before you, stating, God, that we don't want a mediocre run. We don't want to half-heartedly fulfill this task. God, we want to run like everything that is within us. We want to see others experience the presence and power of God. We want them to know that you are the King of glory and the King of kings. We want to find our neighbors. We want to find our co-workers. We want to find our sons and daughters and spouses. God, we want to find them and help them experience you, Jesus. Lord, just as your word tells us that you came to seek and to save the lost, God, I pray that there would be a stirring in us, a desire for the body of Christ, so much so that we want others to experience what we have. We want others to be embraced like we've been embraced. We want others to love and be loved like we love and are are being loved. But God, more than anything, we want them to know you and to know how faithful and how good and how magnificent you are. God, let them experience the freedom of being washed by your word and being filled by your spirit, walking in the anointing of God, walking in the power of your presence, fulfilling the satisfaction of knowing that we are your kingdom, kingdom hands and feet. God, help us, Jesus. Anoint each one of these that have come forward. Anoint them with your presence. Watch over them, protect them, and guard them. Lord, we understand the enemy is raging. His his taunts and his, his talents are of no avail when we are surrendered to you. And I pray that you'll cover this, cover each one of us by your spirit. And Lord, let us walk in your anointing because your anointing destroys the yoke of the enemy and just as your word tells us that you will soon crush Satan under our feet God let us crush the enemy in Jesus name let your name be proclaimed let your kingdom be advanced for your purpose and your glory in Jesus name amen amen do you love him
Isn't he amazing? God is good. Come on, somebody. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Man, if you, if you have the ability to come on Wednesday nights, a great, our youth have been leading the worship some, uh, a great Bible study time. We're going through the seven churches in Revelation and would love you to come and be a part of that study. Uh, it's, an, it's an all in this sanctuary. Uh, the youth have their uh, service going on. The children have their service going on. But if you would like to come, come be a part. It's, it's such a great time also to get to know one another even more. Remember Monday nights to celebrate recovery. Uh, look in your bulletin. If, if it's not in the bulletin, look on amcog.com. It has all of our activity.org. Uh, it is wrong in the bulletin. Don't follow the bulletin on that. amcog.org. Look at that, and you can see all the activities that are going on that you can be a part of. Um, we have a great church, a great group of people, and we'd love you to be involved. Amen. God bless you. Love you. Greet somebody. Let them know you're happy to see them. See you, Lord willing, Wednesday night.